Welcome back to Metal Beer and Bullshit. Grab a beer, grab a seat, and enjoy some metal, beer, and steaming piles of bullshit. Back again, I'm Sean. I'm Juan. I'm BN. And with us today... You're who? BN. Big nose. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's his stage name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other voice you hear here today is uh, a good friend of ours, ours. Um, we've been drinking already. I really say he needs no introduction whatsoever, but the one, the only, Frank Phobia. Woo! Hi, good morning. Good morning. 6.30 in the morning and we're drinking. This is <laughs> ridiculous. I thought you guys started later than this. <laughs> what? No, not us. Mouthwash. Mm -hmm. Peaches for breakfast. That's right. My beer has sediment in the bottom of Sediment out in the bottom oh, of quit it. Quit your fucking complaining. Eh, eat a dick. <clears throat> so what's going on, Sean? Uh, I don't know. Well, last night was a pretty big night. We had our, our big uh, unveiling at Reverb last night and... Which, by the way, was a real pain in the ass. Because when you say to somebody, "Would you like to be? Would you like to answer the next trivia question?" People look at you, go, "No," because they are so worried that they're going to get it wrong, and they don't want to be on a microphone. They're like, "If I could write it down, I'll." And I, the other question that got asked me about a hundred times last night. That was like, "What's the question?" I'm like, "I can't tell you this now. You'll look it up on your phone." And they're like, "No, no, no, I won't." I'm like, "Yeah, you will. I know how this works." That so. was like deer caught in headlights. As soon as you'd say something to him, you'd walk over with the microphone. They go, "No, no, no! You gotta fucking talk." <laughs> so yeah, it, it was fun though. We had a couple good winners. We had a, you know, a couple that didn't get it right, but they still got a little gifts to go away with. So um, I'm hoping that we picked up a few more listeners from it. Yeah, it was something a little bit different. I mean, you don't go to shows and have somebody walk around giving shit out, you know. So I mean, I thought it was cool, something metal related and a little bit different. Yeah. So. Yeah. We made some new friends. Yeah, absolutely. But um, you had a show last night, or you were yesterday, working a show last night. Yesterday, yesterday, all day. Yeah, another fundraiser for Four. the Skate Park Association. I mean, I basically don't really book many shows anymore, but uh, these fundraisers end up being festivals, and it's basically down to two a year. Parks and Rec Fest, which is in Lancaster, it's a joint venture with the Lancaster Skate Park Association and then Shredding Fest, which is our fundraiser in Reading for our skate park. Is that the one over project. at over at Shocktoberfest? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's great because we needed a spot for kids to be able to skate and have bands. So underneath that tent, it's it's we've done three of those and it's rained every year for a little portion of the day. So we're under this big tent, so we never get rained out and we have a big area for skating. So that's kind of great it's like two stages next to each other so it's just non-stop and um and then the skating so those have been great so once the skate park is built we'll probably transfer that same idea into a free concert at the site of the the new skate park oh sweet so which is down by canal street pub there's a 1.8 acre lot of land it's kind of like where they turn around tractor trailers it's just like this big grass the big island spot. There. yeah like uh that's what's been 
um, our MOU is for that piece of land. Is from... it right across the street there near the ramp? Like near yes. the boat ramp. All yeah. Right. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a nice spot. So uh, that's where it is. So we have an MOU for that piece of land, and we have five years to actually get the, the park built before the the uh, piece of land will be transferred back to the city. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of the kind of current project. So anything I'm doing as far as music booking at this point is generally kind of centered around some type of fundraising that. kind of a thing or 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 some kind of purpose how's it looking or, to get it built you think you're going to meet the five years i mean is it looking oh yeah good? yeah i mean we're two years in and this is the year that um we just did like a mini documentary it's 10 minutes long and it's kind of the history of skateboarding in berks county and we have you know video testimonials from like judy schwank the senator and and rossi and you know so a lot of city officials and that kind of a thing, giving their stamp of approval. And we've done enough fundraising efforts within the community, everywhere from Sweet, R- Sweet Ride to, um, you know, Liberty Tap House, to like, you know, kind of different portions of Berks County getting on board and giving their, their kind of, you know, approval and, and uh, their awareness and that kind of a thing. So um, a lot of cities get these million-dollar concrete parks built by the city or the parks and recreation division and Reading's broke. So there, there isn't a budget for it. So that's kind of what we're doing. And then we're, this year is the year of applying for grants and and that kind of a thing. So the larger chunks of money, a lot of municipalities, when they try and build a skate park, they have to fundraise and then, Oh, well we have to pay for this. or we have to pay for that. And then they have to stop and fundraise to get to that. But because we're proactive, when the next bill comes, we've had the money. So we haven't had to stop and fundraise to, you know. So right now we're just hiring our civil engineer, which is going to be thousands of dollars, but we actually have the money to do it. So we don't have to sit around and wait, you know, and say it takes us six months to raise that money. We actually have it. So, and that's all from community money and from our fundraising efforts. So a few of those a year um, are generated through music events because obviously with my background and you know, the fusion of, of, you know, music and skating has always been there. So, um, it's just that it's, you know, it's just a continuation, nothing new. It's just, you know, ongoing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have a page where people just donate or could donate? Yeah. It's uh the Reading skate park association.org. Then we're going to post that up on our on our podcast page so All right, cool. you guys can you Great. know feel free to donate anything. Yeah. And I mean and the thing is is like I just feel weird of of people just donating just like oh here's $20 or $30 or whatever when you can actually get like a Reading Skate Park Association t-shirt for $20 or something. You could so buying stuff, you know, then you're walking billboard and people it's a conversation piece like oh what's that? You know, that that type of thing and generates even more. Yeah, yeah. So I mean to me I you know, I mean, I've donated to things in the past, but it's kind of cool if you get something, something in return, return and then that kind of generates something even more interest. Correct. Right. So, um, but yeah, we have a bunch of stuff. A lot of it's at Holistic Skate Shop in West Reading um, and a lot of mail order. So there's also skaters from all over the country that used to live here that have been donating or buying things during the last two years to help generate money, but they've moved away, you know, so. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still really slow from last night yet. Peaches. Uh, yeah. I know. But the, I mean, it's not even breakfast. I mean, when we when we do go to breakfast, we're going to... Who's driving us, by the way? 
Um, <laughs> not me. Yeah. I'm the one with the CDL. So we got the cat. <sighs> the cat will be driving. Okay. What right. is the cat's name? Yeah, we're on our eighth ep- episode, and I don't even know what the cat's name is. The cat's name is Chumley. Chumley. Yeah. Chumley. And not after the fat guy from Las Vegas. He's named after the... I think there's oh. a character in an English novel. It's just a zombie cat to me. He has a crazy eye. It's he has awesome. He fat buildup in his eye, so he looks like he has a zombie eye. Oh. So it's it's well, awesome. It was funny because Frank's talking about skateboarding, and he's over here just <laughs> like, like he's skateboarding. So I think he wants to be on the show. I really I think do. he wants to wipe you. <laughs> oh, not that again. Not that again. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus you know, Christ. The only reason we didn't have a roll of toilet paper to give it out as a prize yesterday was because we didn't have any extra ones here at the house last oh, night. Oh, fuck Or off. that would have been a prize. Uh, you know what, though? I will say about our last show, that wasn't something that I really wanted to like invite into the show, but the show was really funny, and... You, know, well, you kind of had no choice. Once the story was leaked, yeah. it was going to make it on the show. I mean, that's that's something that, you know, I only tell drunk at bars to, like, a, a, a close. What a coincidence. Thing. That's when you told us, when you were drunk and at a bar. <laughs> yeah, well, then it came out here where there is no bar. So we were a little well, I went, I went on the Kiss Cruise with John. and um, He didn't ask you to wipe his ass, did he? Uh, no, but I got all oh, kinds yeah. of crazy incriminating <laughs> photographs. Uh, here, I'll share with you. And then... Um, yeah, you got to understand, yeah, though, the, the one thing about the Kiss Cruise was the bathroom was, like, literally two foot by two foot. So, mm-hmm. and we were destroying that bathroom. It was, oh. yeah. My wife and I did a train ride in Scotland. It was, like, three days on a train. And the fucking, like, I was so afraid to take a shit because my wife's head was right by the toilet. Oh, no. Door, you know? Both like, of us were just destroying that that goddamn toilet. I mean, destroying. And we were know. eating, like. But he needs more vegetables in his diet, and that was very evident. <laughs> by, the, by the splatter marks the, all over the, the place. The toxicity levels were, were really, really I, bad. I forget which day it was. Uh, the it buoyancy was... of the ship was, like, turn, like changing. <laughs> well, the funny part about it was that ship, like, had some kind of uh, medical problem. Not medical, uh, mechanical problem, like, two days later yeah, after we were done. Yeah, it's all the methane. Yeah, it was all John's fault. The whole thing broke down because of John. Oh my god! Poor housekeeping people having to clean that toilet bowl after you fucking attacked it. I forget which day it was. I I I drank a lot on this fucking thing, and uh, I went back to the room and I destroyed it. Well, he comes back. He's like, oh. I gotta go take a shit. I'm like, uh Yeah. No, I went w- to the public one on the, he wa- the hall. <laughs> he walked in, he walked in, smelled that when I'm gone, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. No, there was no ventilation. Yeah. Uh, the only ventilation you had was the the we had the, the balcony. Whoever was inhaling next yeah. to the door. <laughs> which which was a good thing. Because the balcony like just kept on pulling that air out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it was so bad. I had gone on a cruise once before, but I wasn't in a room with a balcony. So this this was great because if this would to have occurred with the windows would have blown out. There there would have definitely <laughs> too much positive disgusting it was, pressure. It was bad. Yeah. Well, I, we they didn't have a lot of craft beer on there. So what our ritual I I want to say ritual, but our daily was we'd get up, we'd eat breakfast, and at breakfast we would drink two Bloody Marys. Go wander around the boat, do this, 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 and this. Come back and start eating lunch. Well, now we switch to uh, margaritas. And there was probably five or six of those throughout the day. They didn't call them kisseritas? No, no, no. Those cost some money. Yeah, those cost money. <laughs> if you money. put the word kiss in front of anything, <laughs> oh, it costs oh. money. Well, I told you guys about didn't it. Didn't they have, like, they, kiss they, toilet paper and all that shit? No, no. Oh, no, they didn't. But they had, um, 
um, little little plastic cups like the ones you get at the um, like the gas station, like the commemorative cups of whatever. They're about I'd like say twelve ounces, like a twelve ounce. But to get that with the each day had a different uh, character on it from Kiss, and they were ten dollars a glass, like they were or a cup. They were billed to your room ten dollars. But if you didn't want the glass and you had the unlimited package like we had, you didn't you didn't get charged for it. So we had about four or five of those a day, and then we'd go back, get ready for the night stuff, and what we'd do is, you know, go get some dinner, then start drinking beer. He would drink Jack and Coke, and I was doing 10. I, I hardly drank any beer at all. No, I don't think I, did. I, uh, I, I was like 10 to 15 Heineken a yeah. day or a yeah. night. Oh, there was a couple times that I came back really like, and it paid for it the next day. I'm trying to find these pictures. Y- you here. paid for it pictures. or Frank paid for it? More like yeah, Frank I, paid I, for I, it. The I, toilet I, paid for I, it the most. I did. It was close quarters, but at least we didn't have to sleep in the same bed. There was there was a, there was like a little nightstand in between us that was about 12, 12 to 14 inches wide. En- enough to put a t-shirt on. Uh, enough, to, yeah, enough to... Uh, keep our ass cheeks from like you know to stack like, up the yeah. cups and make a wall right <laughs> <laughs> but i was against the wall by the bathroom and then he had like the extra room for his his oh. uh, space alien machine oh yeah <laughs> and uh so his space alien machine would like come off and his his head would wake me up because it would have this noise that i thought he was dying <laughs> i had no idea what the hell was going on so his cpap machine would like he'd be rolling around and the thing would come like half off so you'd hear the air go and then you'd hear him partially snoring but the air would be still going in and out That's and amazing. yeah <sighs> At, yeah, in, so in a uh, tiny room like that. Meanwhile, so, you're like, I got no sleep. John's like, I slept great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kinda. Yeah. So uh, you yeah. guys still want me to go to Canada with you? <laughs> He's like, you might need a CPAP machine. You're like, no, dude, I need to sleep. Why don't you use that machine to like suck up the farts and the shit smell? <laughs> oh, I, I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't put my wife on the spot like this because well, she doesn't listen to the show anyway. Man, there's times where I have the the worst ass there could possibly be, but I don't smell it because I have that CPAP on. Yeah, uh, I and, did though, and she's sitting there. I, I certainly did. <laughs> she's sitting there like, "Oh my god, it reeks in here!" And I'm like, "I'll smell anything." <laughs> what yeah. did you say? Oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm your father. You do it without the machine. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the first my wife wonders why I get so angry at you after I'm done editing this podcast. I just fucking sat listening to John breathe like a fucking pervert for fucking two hours. <laughs> did you know? I don't know if you ever noticed this. This is why, like, when we're doing this, I'll talk and I go. No, I know why you it's do not, it. It's not the you know Paul Stanley lip-syncing battle here, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. Don Jameson asked me about that the other night when I was hanging out with him. He, uh, he uh, Sean brought it up at the last show, and I, I went off on a tirade on Eddie Trunk. Well, you know what? Now the latest thing is the whole thing with Ace's wife saying that Gene fucking molested her. Duh. And then yeah. fucking, they tried to have Ace killed in the Bahamas. That's a bit fucking yeah. ridiculous. You, you know, he, he had a good case with the, you know, Gene, you know, grabbing up on her and stuff like that. Let that, like right there, you had you had Gene on the ropes. Now you pull out, you know. Um, yeah, but uh, if you if you let me play with you, I'll forget all about it. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, his, his girlfriend's like, oh yeah, they were trying to get they were trying to have Ace killed in 1979 in the Bahamas, and it's like you just threw your whole entire case out the window. I, I'm pretty sure Ace will do a good enough job at killing himself yeah, if he wants to I'll kill say. himself. I I was Ace's assistant one day. Really? Yeah, a couple of years ago, and um. Yeah, I, I can't get into great detail, but I will say that his handler, his uh, his tour manager, did give me a visual that I will never forget. 
<laughs> he, uh, <laughs> uh, so Ace traveled separately from the rest of his, of his band. And, uh, so I didn't see Ace until like three quarters of the way through the day. <clears throat> and, um, and then I took him to the hotel and everything. And we had some funny conversation. I was told not to talk to him, not to look at him, not to, and he was great. He was actually, he broke all his, his tour manager's rules. <laughs> but, uh, the highlight was when he came back to the show, this is the first time he'd seen his band like the whole day. He walks in the room and his tour manager grabs him by the shoulder and is like rubbing his shoulder and combing his hair. Like, so he, he pulls out a comb and he's combing Ace's hair while they're standing in a circle. Like, he right before, is, is the, the tour manager. He, the tour, yeah, the tour right. manager is, is <laughs> combing Ace's hair. So I'm looking at the rest of the band who are facing me and I'm trying to just be, you know, I'm just there to make sure everything's running all right. You know what I mean? But Ace's back is to me. So the tour manager's back is to me, and he's combing Ace's hair, and I'm looking at the eyes of all of his band that obviously see this every day, and I'm just trying not to laugh. I'm trying just, <laughs> to, just, just try. So I had to walk away. I was like, this, this isn't real. Like this, you know. But um, <laughs> but then when when the show was done, I went backstage, and uh, Ace, it was just Ace by himself sitting on a sofa, and he looks at me. He goes, so uh, how was it? And I go, oh, pretty good. Well, I, yeah, I messed up a little bit here and there, but yeah, it was pretty good. And, and, and so it was like I had this like minute and a half with Ace, and then I was like, okay, see ya. You need anything? No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. So that was that. But uh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole time on the boat, that's all me and him did all day long was like the, uh, the Ace voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I'm, I'm going to go to Brooklyn, and then, you know, then we're going to go to Atlantic City. And, oh, <laughs> He was so bad on the boat, though. He was so awful. Well, I guess it was like his, the first shows with his his new band, and they weren't good. Yeah, the, they just weren't good. And all these people, were like, oh, it's not Kiss without Ace and Peter. Thank God. Because yes. <laughs> if I paid for that, I'd that's when I'd want my money back. I know. Like, I mean, I, I I know. Listening to the like, if you go on YouTube, you can find like mm-hmm. the like. Paul Stanley's audio book mm-hmm. and I'll yeah, listen yeah, to that yeah, right, right. oh my god like what a fucking nightmare mm-hmm. like people can talk all the shit they want to about mm-hmm. Paul and Gene but the shit that they had to fucking put up with mm-hmm. no fucking wonder they mm-hmm. are the way they are like I I can't imagine that any of them are a box of chocolates yeah. I, just, no, I can't no. I can't imagine that any of them I'd want to be around for any long experience of time but you know oh. 100, 104 years old and I've been a Kiss fan ever since you know BC mm. and uh, that's fine I don't, I don't, I don't want to be politically challenged I don't want to be technically, uh, you know, thrown into a tizzy. I just want to go and watch Kiss and smile and just, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't give a shit about the rest of it. Meeting you, them you, and you, I don't, No, no, just, the, you know, everyone with their whole political agenda of, you know, fuck this band. It's like any band. I mean, it's any, any venue, any beer, any radio station, anything. If you don't like it, just don't fucking do it. Man. You know? It's, I mean, it's that simple. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand any hostility or anything towards any band or anything. I mean, like on a piece of, on a yeah. art form. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, remember like when Howard Stern, like everyone was like outraged by this horrible man. Like, who the fuck? Don't fucking listen. Yeah. If you, you don't know? like it, turn the fucking station. Right. It's right. Just right. That simple. You have that option. Yeah. It's America. It's, a, it's the same. I, I think it's the same way. Yeah. With any art, you know, if you don't like the way, you know, some, you know, S and M bondage book is, you know, then, Put it down, you know. Change the channel. Yeah. You know. Or learn. Yeah, right. Learn you know. to like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there, there's been a few bands that that happened to me. I, I remember hearing them for the first time going, oh, God, they suck. Oh, God. They're not that bad. 
I wonder if there, if there would be a thing, like going back to the, their personalities at mm-hmm. this point, if there would be a thing that it would be like the change, mm-hmm. like where they weren't the way they are now. Right. Like who was the first one to be like right. crossing over where right. everybody else was like, fuck it. Well, I, I, I need to right. be like that too because yeah. we're, yeah, well, we're all great. I mean, the whole deal is those guys get fucking painted with that greed brush. But at the end of the day, they wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. This is what they set out to do, and they mm-hmm. are. So why the fuck are you slagging them off for right. do, being what they are? Like, and doing when you, do you second guess them, they'll just remind you how successful they when, are. Yeah. When we were on the boat there, uh, Gene had a, um, a Q&A. And Gene plain and simply came out and said, look, this is not a vacation for me. I'm working. Mm-hmm. He said, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm on vacation is when I'm dead. Because he said, if he takes 10 minutes to himself, he's out of his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not making money. And I was here, and and Gene has a really inter, you know the the same story as every older person that came from another country. He came here with nothing, you know, no money whatsoever to the great land, and basically built this empire. And he wants all the money, wants all the girls, have at it. So, and and you know what? Hey, that's good for him. You know, it's what he wanted to do. Some of us like to you know drink beer and relax. I'm one of those. Yeah, but I I you know. It's the same with any band, or you know, it's like you, you know. In the meantime, though, Frank, we're uh, I'm breaking Sean's chair. He's going to see Kiss the first time in in uh, March. Oh, not I've seen Kiss before. I've oh, you him. did? Yeah, I seen him on the Hot in the Shade tour up at the. Oh, fair you, okay. You haven't seen him. You haven't seen him with makeup, though. No, no, no I've seen him with makeup. Yeah, Juan's so you over can, here you know, asleep. you're far enough away. You're seeing Ace and Peter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't yeah, give a right? fuck as long as yeah. they have the same makeup. They at least these two better. are more talented. They, you know yeah, they sound better than Ace and Peter. Eric Singer alone, if he wasn't in Kiss, is a great drummer. So, yeah, I saw him with Alice Cooper. Yeah, so did I. Um, he was in somebody else, and I can't remember who it was. I saw him with. No, I got to see him with uh, the drummer that died, Eric Carr. Eric Carr, yeah, and Bruce Kulick. So, so I was, I was always glad I got to see. Him. I liked him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was way better than. He's he's such a Peter very Crane. underrated drummer. Like people forget how good he was. So. He's a good rock drummer. Yeah, he was. Not as good as John. Though. No, nobody's as good as no. John. In the meantime, uh, before we can move... We are all pretty lucky to be sitting so close to greatness, aren't we? I know. This is almost like a cruise ship. <laughs> I mean, I mean, actually, it is. I don't quite want to wipe his ass yet, but yeah, you're great. Oh, the... You know, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, because the sun's coming up finally, and... Um, this reminds me of my old radio show, you know, drinking beer and, you know, but Shooting but the, the sun was going down when we would do ours, not coming up. You guys are all a little sick. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. It's, it's a good start to the, the, to the long day. Mm. The, one, the one radio show that he did was on a larger radio station, and uh, I crashed it the one night. Yeah, I had John on. So it that's probably, fun. yeah. I, that was I may be right. guilty. I, I'm, I'm, I may be guilty in a, in a weird way uh, for... Uh, yeah, John sitting in that chair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We uh, it took a little convincing to get him in that chair, but yeah. when we got uh, when we got kicked off of Y one or two, which is a funny story too. <laughs> I I lived with Freddie Izetti, uh, like an old DJ um, from Y one or two. I remember like, Freddie. Freddie like, was in Arandaru. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he and I lived together. It was like 1989, 1990, something like that. And he was doing <clears throat> the the local show on Sunday nights on Y one or two. So. Um, after a while I would, you know, I'd help him get CDs from bands and stuff like that. And, you know, and then I was, I was, I went on there with him once or something. And then fast forward, this guy, AJ Cobain, uh, Cobian, whatever he wants to, you know, it, it's Cobain, just like Kurt, but no, he changed it. But we don't it. say that. No, he All changed right. it. No, he calls it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, 
he called me up and he's like, "Hey, I, I I got the I got the approval to bring back after 18 years the the local show on a Sunday night. We you want to help me?" And I go, "Yeah. What do you need?" And he goes, "Well, I don't know any bands. I don't have any music, so uh, I need help with that." And I'm like, "Well, that's the show." <laughs> so so anyway, I went and met with him and and um, he was super excited about it and he had he had been coming to my shows at Heasters and stuff like that. So. Um, so I wasn't really a co-host the first time. I was just a guest. And then I became a co-host. And then we got this other guy, Dave, Dave Weidler, who was hilarious. But he was like a beer connoisseur. And we called the show Homebrewed on Y102. And AJ got permission from the powers that be to actually have us drink on the air. So we used to take pictures of us drinking. But we had to do it after 5 o'clock, after basically, you know, the office was gone, but the, the guy in charge knew what we were doing, but our humor started, you know, obviously more intoxicated, you know, <laughs> you, you, your, your humor you're starts to, you know, you know, and this, and this is, you know, this is major, yeah, this is clear channel radio, you know? So, uh, you know, and restaurants have Y102 on in the background and stuff. And so I remember getting a text like three or four weeks in, like, I'm sitting at Palo's out on the deck and Rivers of Nile is playing. Because, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, and, and that was that was kind of funny because we we didn't really um, I don't think they thought of that part like, oh, well, what are they going to actually play? And um, we just kind of figured, well, if they don't hear it or say no, let's, keep let's going. just keep going. So I remember we had Andy Thomas from Black Crown on like right when they were getting signed and um, all that kind of stuff. So we just kind of did that and then i kind of pushed it one step further of like well if we want our ratings to go up if a show is coming to town or someone i know or i'm putting on the show you know i could get more publicity out of it so i had l7 on the show and i had sponge on the show i had like you know local h was on the show and then like andy andy he goes by andy black sugar but his real name is Andy Hines, and he's from Reading, and he played in Anthrophobia for like a year. But he uh, he was going out on tour. He was playing with AC Slade, but he was going out out on tour with Peter Murphy from Bauhaus. So I thought that was a pretty big deal, you know. So we had him on, and now he's played in KMFDM, and he's you know done oh, other really? stuff. Yeah, he oh, did. Wow. He's on their new live album. But yeah, I have this really weird knack of being one degree separated from like you know that next level of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? What was that band in? Um, there's a there's a new the game metal you years play. in the and um in the declining Western civilization the metal years. What, what was the fucking fat ugly dude the odium yeah odium. odium what was her name odin. odin odin yeah i'm that i think like oh, all my the, all my ex-members go odin. on to greatness that fucking and, hair band yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they were they were yeah. one degree away from being yeah like everybody kind of went time. through that band Damn. like didn't nikki six and nikki everybody six get, was in there yeah. uh guys from Armored saint right. um yeah. wasp guys yeah. 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 i think i'm that yeah. it's <laughs> almost like you had to be in that band to move on right i think i'm that I think I think that's kind of yeah uh, you know brushes. Can, can you uh, let Dickie sit home for a little bit and let me come <laughs> in? I, I really need a raise. Yeah, so it's just I, I think I, every now and then I'll stop and go. Oh, man, I'm the guy in the metal years. There, there, there's a new fat, ugly dude. Well, you could be Chris Holmes laying on a fucking tube. That's true. I've had a few of those ex-members too, but yeah, but not, yeah, not to that degree. I'd rather be the dude from Odin than <laughs> fucking Chris Holmes and that. Oh my god! In the meantime, though, they the, the story has come out a couple times that that's uh, that was all staged. I've never read that. I've always yeah. read about how sad and pathetic Chris yeah. Holmes was. But he was he really was drunk. But those bottles were just filled with water because his fucking mother, if, she, if she's playing an act, man, yeah. she looked, that she poor great. woman, yeah. she should. So 
been up for some Academy yeah. Award. Fucking yeah. right. She should have won every one that year. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, it's somewhere online. Um, I can't remember where I saw it. It's the uh, the guitars from Armored Saint, you know, saying like the behind the scenes of that stuff of Penelope was coming over that day to film and Chris Holmes was like, I got to do something to shock him. And they got real high and real drunk. And here they quick ran inside and filled up these vodka bottles with water. And they handed it to him while he was in the pool. And he was like, and he knew exactly what it was. And then started doing that, like, you know, pouring it over his face. Because think about it. You're pouring vodka, you know, 12 inches away from your face. In your fucking eyes. Right. right. That's going to, yeah. I don't care how drunk you are. That's going to be like pepper spray. I never had pepper spray in my eyes. I'm glad about that. That sucks. Yeah. Or, that or happened at the airport vodka. music hall. Ooh. Fucking Sepultura, skinhead started fucking, was sick of it all, and they fucking maced the place. It was wow. like a mace bomb in yeah. that little spot. That wow. sucked. Like, they had to evacuate the airport music. Everybody left and then came back in. And yeah. We were just about that last night with Doors Rich. open. Yeah, they were just like, everybody like trying out. to air it out. Like, wow. people kept coming by with bottles of water, like, you okay, you okay? Mm. We're like, yeah. You remember what the airport was like. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was. I played there once with, like, it was a. Skinhead fest. The, the, fucking every like, show was a skinhead show yeah. was a skinhead fest. It was funny. I was just watching a like a video on YouTube the other day. It was exploited in like late eighty nine, played up there, and fucking somebody oh. whacked Waddy in the fucking head with a bottle, so they went backstage and this girl was like friends with exploited. And this fucking dude with a big mohawk's like, it's that fucking Redding skinheads. And I was like, there's no fucking skinheads in Redding. We're all from Allentown in fucking Philly. Like there were a couple, but they were all like four feet eight. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, where were we? Oh yeah. So anyway, when that radio show ended and so why one or two, basically we'd start making fun of the morning DJs. Just like, just like, just like, I, I remember saying, Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom guys, play a long song. And then they're like, Oh, we don't have any long. All right. I'm going to say, I go over here and pee in the corner. So the idiots that were on in the morning, like were, they listened and thought we were serious. So about, they thought you were pissing in the corner. Yeah. They thought, they thought we were destroying the suit and like, Oh, you know, we're like farting in the microphones and stuff like that, you know, but, but like fake <laughs> fart. I mean, I guess they, so anyway, Long story short. They're like, I got uh, pink eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and they didn't really like AJ. And AJ, AJ was a hard worker at that station. And you know what? He's, he's moved on to a different station. And I think he's, he's in a much better place, too. But uh, the funniest thing was is I remember him calling me. And he was like all but in tears. He goes, well, we're canceled. And I go, what do you mean we're canceled? He goes, oh, thank but I guess they had one of the episodes. Because it was, you could listen as a podcast on on iHeartRadio. All right. You could listen to us after the fact. So like when I had L7 on or I had, you know, someone like, you know, Local H or someone else on our show, that would then, if you did like a search or whatever, it would come up as interviews for those and you could bands. And listen to it later. So then oh, our show was awesome. getting discovered from like other parts, you know. So, oh, nice. uh, so it's kind of what, in a weird way, led us to Dash Radio after after the Y102 cancellation because basically the powers that be listened to a little chunk of our show and said, oh, no, this is over, you know. Um, uh, but we legitimately, on Y102, were drinking, like, heavily. Like, like we would <laughs> yeah. come in, like, two, three, six packs of, like, high octane. And see, I don't really like a... I hate IPAs and stuff like that. So we had like our little characters, like like Dave, who loved beer and viewed like brewmasters as as like rock stars, you know. And he would say, "Oh, you gotta try this. Oh, it has hints of this." 
it tastes like crap. Like, it, you know, I, mean, I didn't. It was kind of like, well, we did. like I, you know, I don't, review. I don't give a shit what's supposed to be in it, or you know, oh, the notes of this. Either yeah. It tastes good or it doesn't. Like, it's just that simple. That's so amazing. So, uh, so then we got to carry that to the next degree on Dash Radio because it was uncensored. That one was great. And uh, we had like that. It was weird. It was internet radio, but because it was based in Los Angeles and the marketing of that and the whole thing. And they were, I think they were doing testing in like Kia cars or something instead of like serious radio, there would be like a, a dash type of situation. And like Isaac Hayes was on the soul channel and Snoop Dogg was on the hip hop channel. And oh, nice. So it was, it was one of those things. It was, it was obviously modeled after serious radio. There was like different channels, but we were on the metal channel and um, Tom Hazard, who was kind of my boss. Tom was a old A&R guy and discovered snot and like a bunch of bands from that era and had worked with tons of bands. He was a co-manager of motorhead for a while and, and everything. And now fast forward, he owns EMP records with Dave Ellison of Megadeth. So Tom is his business partner. And so Tom signed my friend Opus and his band dead by Wednesday and dead by Wednesday had Mark Rizzo play on some shows and things and i did this acoustic i did three shows for them like it was dead by wednesday acoustic with um chuck mosley the original singer of faith no more and they played at young ones and 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 uh and cuts down for free and we did a philly show and then harrisburg yeah it it all kind of interconnects it's like my my universe and my network just kind of every year there's these weird intertwined you know things um but the so my network just kind of stays in this infiltration and then and then every year there's like little new sprouts does it just make the world feel smaller and smaller all the time it really does because and um you know i've i've been able to meet and travel and everything and it a lot 90 percent of it's all been music related in some way but i have always had the philosophy of i've always tried (laughs) to treat people the way i'd like to be treated so as a promoter as a you know a guy playing in a band as a producer as a whatever i'm doing i've always just tried to it's that simple to me it's it's not something i would consciously have to think about but i just that's the way i live i try to treat people the way i'd like to be treated so there's nothing worse than being in a band and you walk into a club and you're being treated like a like dog shit or like like you're you're not you're unwanted you know especially after you've driven say 10 hours in a van and you're like you know just need a bottle of water or just a good shitter so you know what i mean like <laughs> you know like something you know um and, and the weird thing about this is as he's talking i've been friends with him for almost 20 years now and i forget about frank the, the musician the producer the booking agent the radio guy uh you know all the shit that this guy does i forget about but on a Tuesday afternoon, me and him are in some restaurant in Berks County, stuffing our face, you know, talking about, you know, whoever he'd met this weekend, or can you help me with this show? Can you, and you know, and it's one of those weird things that as he's talking, I'm going, crap, I kind of forgot about Dash Radio until just now when he brought it up. So Yeah, and, and like, so we were on that for a while, and I got Brent, my guitar player, on there, and he's one of the funniest guys in the world. Oh, shit. he's really funny. We have to have him on. So um, we're going to need a lot of space so for that. When, one we, too. when we started that, we were kind of like, okay. And we wanted AJ to be a part of it, but it was like a conflict of interest. He couldn't because of, he was, you know, under contract with Y102 and everything. So it ended up being me and Dave Weidler doing it at Radka's recording studio in Burnville and Radka's on the wagon. So he's been sober for years. So basically <laughs> 
he's just the enabler of a bunch of dudes drinking beer and and <laughs> and whatever else is going on. And like we have pictures of Widler like passed out completely like out cold on the studio floor with his headphones on, <laughs> just like just complete. And we'd put the microphone down in his mouth while he's snoring. Like like, what do you think about this? Because what we would do <laughs> is awesome. we. Our show was two hours long, and I would pick all the music, and then we'd do like a chunk of music, and then talk, and then chunk of music, and like Brent, because um, I came from like a punk and metal background and like underground stuff, and uh, a new wave, and like I've always been kind of an open palette. But Brent's Brent's childhood was pretty much hair metal, so we would give him like a double Brent Black's double shot like hair metal kind of you know thing every week, and he would try and defend you know, Torah Torah or something, or you know, you know, the, the, the uh, socially redeeming values of, uh, you know, some, some other, you know, something, but, uh, it was, it was hilarious and it was, it was great. And then, um, I got a call from the, the owner and basically dash radio was going to be bought or something and they needed to get everyone under contract. And it just turned into more of a business side of a thing. And, and then they got rid of the metal channel. So we were out, but, uh, so this is really cool that you guys are doing this because it's kind of um, it's it's in the vein. I, I I listened to a couple of the old episodes and it's it's uh, it's definitely starting to you know you can see that you guys are getting your roots. Uh, each one gets a little bit better and you know that kind of a thing. Oh, thanks. We appreciate you know? that. It's one of those. I I don't even know how. What are you giving it to me for? So you can finish your beer and pour it. Well, fucking <laughs> open it and pour it. The fuck. I'm I'm I'm. This is our last beer, so I'm like sacrificing my alcoholism so you guys can drink. <laughs> Just fucking pour it and drink. I don't give a fuck. But the, the the thing that that got us in trouble with Dash Radio is is because we would record them and then Radko would edit them and everything, and we we'd do it like a whole month at one sitting. Hmm. So we were drinking so for a, a long, month. We a would do session. a month of shows in one night. And how long were your shows? Two like hours. Oh my god! So I mean, but you know the music. <laughs> well, but it wasn't just talking for two hours. So like, if it was fifteen minutes of music, obviously, Radke would just load those songs in, and then we would see the countdown, of how much time we had to fill before the next block and stuff mm. like that. But um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty awesome. Um, and I think the internet needs to they need to figure it out as far as you know shows like this being able to just play music. I mean, everyone play. You know, I've been on both sides of the fence, and I, even with my label when I. You know, I own DRP Records and that kind of thing. It's just like finding out like what you know what what you have to pay an artist or or whatever. It's like BMI, ASCAP, SoundScan, um, all the performance rights organization. Not SoundScan, but um, what the fuck is it called? It's a digital one. But basically, I get it, and I'm glad they exist. But they also are killing parts of it. You know, I mean, it's almost keeping it like, oh, you're going to license music by X, Y, and Z, which now can be played on your format. But um, they're shrinking these formats of, uh, well, you know, you know of like commercial radio, like the playlists are getting shorter and shorter and shorter because and then they're just paying those artists, mm -hmm. you know. So breaking new artists is so much harder and, and the exposure. And it's great that, you know, Spotify and Pandora and stuff, but it shows like this that could talk about the bands. You talk about their history or if you saw them or like, you know, just turning people on to new music that you can't have that element in a show like this be because uh, right. of the licensing. So they got they have to figure it out. Yeah, they, they, well, there was do. a lot of time spent. Like, I, I don't even know how I came up with the idea. I just, you know, from us sitting around talking, I said, mm -hmm. well, fuck it. Let's do a podcast. Sure. So there was a lot of time and effort went into 
between me and John, you know, researching what to do. And, and I wanted to do, I wanted to do underground acts. I didn't want to mm-hmm. do signed. I don't mind talking about mm-hmm. signed acts, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to, that's not what yeah. I wanted to play on here. Yeah. And like, and you know, when we first started, I signed up as a promoter. I, or he does, all he does is promos. He sends, uh, I don't know, but I get about 800 emails a week with like black and death metal and thrash promos. Uh-huh. And I can play like there's, He'll you know play uh-huh. this stream off this. Is track. it John Asher? No, it's no. there's a bunch of like PR coming, and, and that's what they'll do. You'll they'll, probably know the name as soon as they see them. Um, but yeah, I mean they need more of that, and I understand because like if you if you say you tune into something like this and the topic is really funny or, or it's intriguing or whatever, and, and you listen, but then you can break it up with a song and try and turn people onto it. But like in my instance of like we were playing blocks of songs, so like I had to keep it of like all right, here's a new band, then I'll mm. put it next to something that someone might know and then next to a new one and like that kind of thing. And I've had this, uh, I've had this problem with commitment of long songs. John John knows this. I really like short songs. Like I I just think, you know, I hope you can say whatever it is you want to tell me or whatever hook you want to throw my way. You can do it in three minutes and shut the fuck up and move on to the next one. But uh, I, you know, but, you know, if a tempo is slower in a song, it may take longer to develop and stuff. But, you know, it, it's really, from my from my listening palette, I can put up with some longer songs. But if I'm presenting that to an, an audience that I don't know if they're going to like this or whatever, it's a hell of a commitment to play a 10-minute long opus <laughs> and say, well, I hope you like this and don't turn the channel. Right. You know what I mean? Then if you have a two-minute kick-ass fucking killer song, you know what I mean? And like, well, they just sat through two minutes. And like, maybe they'll explore that band and listen to their 10-minute song some other time. Yeah, but, yeah. but that's kind of how I was. And when I'd produce the Divination Records, I'd be <laughs> the same way. Cause like, I, I was going to tell them the story <laughs> about the uh, the Three Nails of Fate video. <laughs> uh, three, the song, I saw Raven last night, by the way. Uh, I kind of want to know how she looks, but we'll talk about that after we're done. But anyway, the Three Nails of Fate so- song was like... I'd say four, four twenty-five, some somewhere in that that era, and um, we did this at the silo. And the funny part about it was, it was the band on. I think like a Thursday night, and there was just the people with the the cameras, and because um, yeah, I had the keys to the building, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just, and and Frank, the director here. So it took us like six hours to record our stuff, like just the you know the us playing the song over and over. I, oh my god, I never would want to do a concept video. So ever not again. a twenty-five minute unisound recording session. No, 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 no. <laughs> this was uh, so Sunday comes about, and when I used to work at uh, a certain strip club, I had a couple of the the girls come over, and this girl <laughs> raving. Your wife can complain about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, am I burping? Yeah, I got yelled at. Well, you sound like you were throwing the fuck up for Christ's sake. I mean, That's all right. <laughs> hey, it keeps the authenticity of this show. Going. All right. So uh, anyway, next thing you know, the the day the girls are there, there's makeup people and smoke people and not not, like, not weed like smoke like fog machine like oh, nine right. billion people to do you know just nothing but stand there. So as we're doing this, I, we keep going over this one part over and over, and we're playing the song and. Frank looks at me and goes, if you guys wouldn't record a fucking 10 minute long song, I would be done by now. And I'm like, it's four minutes. You got too fucking long. It needs to be two minutes only. I was like, you know, <laughs> great. And, but the part he's leaving out is, is that the, 
the prep time that took the longest was John's hair and makeup. <laughs> yeah, right. It wasn't the girls. It wasn't the fog person. Were you, again, it? standing behind watching John's back as somebody combed his <laughs> yeah, hair? Yeah, pretty much. I forget his name at the time, but he was giving him a good good game of shoulders. He was, he was like, yeah. It's probably Neil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> On that note, what have we been drinking? We, we yeah. have been going through our drinking Get caught list. up. Let's start from the top. Hey, the sun's up. Let's see. The first one was Rogue Dare. No. Dead Guy. Dead Guy Ale. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't really tell you what type of beer. I mean, it tasted more like a... Almost like... It, um, Why does it say it glows on the... The the, the label glows. It's nuked. Oh. oh. When we were in Key West <laughs> for uh, the Kiss Cruise, that's what I was drinking at that, that one bar. Mm. It was a kind of a barley wine. Is that what it is? I had more like a brown, a brown ale kind of taste to it. Was that the one that was a little bitter? Yes, John. Tell us about your sophisticated I think so. beer palate. <laughs> no, I, I drink that one a lot. That's why it's a brown and yellow. <laughs> that's my. That's, no, that's, well, that's the toilet paper. <laughs> that's my uh, my go to beer when I when I'm I, I'm on the spot and I can't think of something to. Right, and yes. If they have it, I'm like, all right, I'll take that. If you shit one. in the dark, it will light up the toilet bowl. <laughs> Break out the black light. <laughs> but I enjoy it. I really do. Mm. Uh, I, it was all right. I liked it. I mean, I don't think I'd drink it again, but I mean, I, I, it it's right. like it's a go-to for me. Right. So it's number a, number two, it's a sixty-five percent gas. Number two, okay. I really thought sucked. I've had this yeah. before too. Excuse me. This is an eighty percent Danish gas. metal imperial stout. See, they put the word metal in it, like it's supposed to really Man. help the taste. Is it chunky at the, in the fucking bottom of the bottle? It might be. Oh, that's the shit. chunks of metal. There's <laughs> shit on the fucking glass. Well, no, that's the chunks of metal. It says it right on there. Yeah. It says it's metal. It has to have metal in it. It would be false advertising. Ugh. That's from a mager brygros... Something I don't know, fucking know. I didn't a, like a it. A bunch of people stuck in the woods somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I, I'm the, ugh. I'm not a big imperial stout guy, so. Mm. And the last one, the last one we're we're drinking here, the one now, I believe, port, uh, dog tag brewing. Yeah, some of that goes to um, the army or one of the one of the armed forces. Yeah, and they they have like somebody's dog tag on the back of like when they died. So, Ugh. Christ, don't really? say don't say yeah. Oh. Don't say anything fucking bad about this beer. It, it, oh. You know what? And I'm not I'm not you know cleaning it. I'm not cleaning it up for for taking the wind out of the sails. <laughs> it's fun. Like a lower the tone. Damn it! Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not cleaning it up or anything. But it's, Shh, a, it's a, a decent moment beer. of silence for him. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a decent beer. Right. Good lager. Nothing to write home about, but it's all right. I mean, alcohol's already depressing enough. Mm-hmm. So. Come on, man. We're raising a glass to the, this dude that isn't here anymore. There you go. People. And if we're doing that, might as well go ahead and say it, it was yeah, First yeah, Lieutenant same. Jared Landaker from Big Bear City, California. He was a Marine Corps lieutenant and well, apparently died on 7th of February 2007. Well, thanks for your service. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. Absolutely. So, moving on. Moving on. So, do we want to... Like start. Have we I mean, been? How many hours have we been? Oh my god, fucking sick. We, we're hour forty-nine four. minutes into this already. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, I got. Blah, 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 blah. While we were doing this, uh, while Frank was talking, I was thinking of another funny story that of uh, Frank, the producer. Um, we we're mixing the the Three Nails of Fate record, a divination Three Nails of Fate record, and uh, we're up at Actar Studio. So me and Matt show up first, and 
this is when Ratka drank. Ratka rips open the door, goes, hands me probably like 200 bucks in cash and goes, go to all the beer distributors, get as much beer as you can with this and get a bunch of pizzas. Why? Eastside's coming over. Eastside was this band from uh, Rhode Island, New England area. So uh, me and Matt go and pick up all this stuff. We come back and we start eating. We're trying to mix this record. Next thing you know, these guys show up. They have very New England accents. Oh, the only thing I remember from, and it didn't happen at this, but it was the last time he was at Ratka's. Ratka's place is, uh, the studio is this old barn, really cool place. No, I've been to studios where there's, you know, leather couches and pool tables and arcade games and PS whatever number it is. And, you know, a lot of distractions. Ratka's, there's none of this. It's awesome. So uh, what's going on here is, when you got to go take a piss, just go outside of the barn. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Drop your drawers, piss. Well, here, uh, I don't remember which guy it was, but he uh, was a little drunk. And this is the story that was uh, told at this one. In the manger. Yeah. So there's a little manger out back. <laughs> and this guy comes in. <laughs> guy comes in and, says, and they're telling us this story at, uh, at the mix here. He goes, yeah, I came in and I said, hey, Radke, I just shit in your manger. <laughs> I had to use a paper towel. Oh, my God, we were dying. Well, the only part about this was, as the night goes on, we're trying to mix. I don't remember much of anything. I don't remember getting home. I don't remember shit. I remember waking up the next morning to Ratka calling me going, John, if I can't find it, if it's not backed up on the computer, it's free. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he hung up on me. Somebody hit a race. (laughs) Good thing was, Ratka is very anal about backing up files. And he had to dig a little bit, but he backed up the files. Talk about just getting about as pissed off as you could possibly get. But in the meantime, though, we drank a lot of beer that night. We were mixing a juicer for a record that kind of probably could have been done in half the amount of time. And Radka was still indulging. Oof. Now he's like, a, he's like a machine now. He's like, he's amazing. He's a great sober guy. Some guys like kind of piss you off when they get sober because there's no longer fun or whatever. Radka... Actually made stayed the cur- fun. He made the he made the curve okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why I can he, he's he's just an all around great guy. He's a guy I'd like to have one here one of these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. but well, yeah, the- you can drink around him. He just kind of gets drunk by osmosis at this point. So. <laughs> yeah, just keeps up with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just looks at it. I'm Another- sure and. Can feel the feels and smell the smells. All the cells are like yeah. back to I know right. that feeling. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> the one, the one time at the silo, he got really, really drunk, and uh, I'm screaming all night long. I can't hear. I can't hear. Well, here he stumble. He's been drinking all night. Stumbles up to the stage, picks up this huge ass speaker, puts it right. As, I mean, I'm I'm talking maybe six inches from my ear. Maybe maybe fifteen because my floor tom's a, a fourteen, so right next to the floor tom. And then he walks back. Well, he stumbles back to the the mixing board, plays around with that, stumbles. And at this point now, when he stumbled back, he turned it up so fucking loud that my head is about to explode. (laughs) Comes back up, and I'm sitting there playing some fast double bass part, just like wincing, like, oh, my God, it's too fucking loud now. Well, suddenly, I feel somebody tickling me. Like, what the fuck is... Who's... And there he is sitting behind me going, I'm like, get away from me, you fuck! So, like I said, he was a fun drunk. He was. I think you liked it, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me break this up. I want to play. I promised this dude I would play a song on the on the show. It's the band's called Rotted Remains. They're a typical Florida death good, metal band. A good kinda. Christian bunch of boys. It, yes. <laughs> the song is called The Butcher, and uh, 
Yeah. Oh, it's an check. uplifting polka. Number. It is. It's a Christian song. Here we go. Uh, and let's check this one Butcher, uh, rotted remains. They talk about awesome tripe band. in there, huh? I think they talk about tripe in there. Tripe, tripe, T R I P E. That's Elmer Hendershit's uh, EP coming out in 2021. <laughs> but what'd you think, Sean? I liked it, and I, I dig that kind of like brutal Florida death metal style. Like, very mad. I'm not a big Cannibal Corpse guy, but I do like the other ones, and that's 
They're good. One. Yeah, it has a it's a good old feel. Yeah, it, it was classic to me. I'd, yeah, I'd, absolutely. I'd look into it. Throwback. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that that's feel. the kind of death metal I like. I I really don't like this new. Let's be as technical as we possibly can be. Now, see, that's where I disagree. Cause I, I I love the like. I love the talent these guys have. This ain't oh, the fucking guys that are just hopping up on stage back. They could barely play. I mean, okay, these dudes yeah, are getting a... on stage, and they're already like, mm-hmm. like more proficient than guys that had been, mm-hmm. you know, years ago that had been doing it for years. What I'm getting at is, I like, I don't want the the rookie, you know, like I can barely play, but I don't want to get to the point where the band members have never seen daylight because they've been inside all the time, just going. I I care less how how good you can play. <laughs> that was so beautiful. <laughs> I wish you could all see the visual. He was but, playing his penis. <laughs> it is that long, and it was a tiny arpeggio. <laughs> but yeah, that's I, why I, it's so high pitched. I don't I don't want to I don't want to know how many notes you can play in a in you know a ten bar frame. I, I, I'm just I play like some a, good. I like a balance because like to me I don't give a shit what genre it is. I need some kind of hook. I need mm. something to keep my if it catches you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you can capture an energy, you can capture, you know, a vibe or something, but like to me, it still has to be a song, you know. Yeah. Like I don't, and, I and, don't get Dillinger Escape Plan. I don't. See, I do because like what they could do is they could, Destroy they're better, a club? they're better, yeah, that too, but their better songs still had something where they'd come up for air or breathe, and let let your teeth like sink into that, and then they would just then when they went in ape shit again. It had that much more impact, you know. I mean, it wasn't the whole thing on eleven, you know. Like, like it's kind of what killed a lot of hardcore for me. Like it's by the time I, I hit 10. like thirty, is is that it was the lack of dynamics. It was it was kind of like it was always on, you know. what I mean, and uh, so I I always liked hardcore that was a little more inventive, or you know, like it was like when I heard the refused, you know. What I mean, I was like because at that point I'd heard or bought probably you know like fifty records in a row that was. There was this similar, you know, intensity, but it was always there. It never came up for air or it didn't, it didn't give you any, any, anything else. You know, I was looking for something else. And then I didn't, when the whole like, you know, emo screamo shit came in, (laughs) I, I liked the idea, but I didn't like it. Like Mm. I I liked the fact that like, okay, you're going to have something melodic, something hooky, and then you can still go ape shit, and that, but I just didn't like it. Like the singy singy, I my fucking dog died, you know, crying and moaning shit. You know what I mean? And then going back into, you know, I'm mad. You know, yeah, I. I that to me was like an experiment gone wrong. I kind of dug but, some of the but, death but, but, shit, but it would just be a couple. Like every now and then you'd hear a song and go, okay, they figured it out. Like they, you know, but and that was like kind of kill switch, like. Kill Switch, they played my skate park, and whatever record cycle that was, they were in Ozfest at the time, so I don't remember. Oh, uh, it was right when Howard joined. Yeah, but uh, and a heartache, maybe. But uh, I remember there was a few songs that I really, really liked. Was that kind uh, of the like switch, like the kind of newer hardcore style? Was that yeah, kind of like, was it, it was, it was, was that into infusion that? into you know? But then you know the playing, you know, bands could play, you know, and and stuff, but. My heart, like I'll take a nuclear assault record over, like you know, mm. a, a lot of that. You know what I mean? But I think it's kind of like when we grew up, though. I, I think that that right. our ear hears that, and our and our mind takes us back to 
a, more of an exciting time. And I, I want new bands to seriously, I want to get excited about new bands. Like I love turmoil, um, you know, from way back, you know, and like, I just, I wanted like, I wanted to hear like a new turmoil. I was like listening, like maybe two years ago. I was like, I like this band. Like what, what would have happened with them? You know what I mean? Like, and then, you know, and there's certain bands from like, even like I was a big sick of it all fan back in the day. <laughs> and like, they've put out the same record, you know, like 50, I, I ti- you, 50 times in a row. I can't get past just look around. Well, you know what? We just had that conversation last night. We were talking like sheer terror played last night and those guys are good. They're talented. Wait, sworn terror, enemy. terror? Or, sworn enemy. Oh, sworn enemy. Sorry, oh, yeah. not sure. Terror. Sworn enemy. Yeah. And they played a Biohazard song. They played a punishment. Punishment. No need for that. But why would you do that? Do you know what's great is their sound guy was playing uh, the first Biohazard album. I think it was. No, he's playing. Uh, was he playing uh, Urban Discipline? Urban Discipline. Yeah. Through the PA, and I got so excited about hearing mm-hmm. that. But as soon as like those guys came, I was like, nah, like I'm kind of hardcore out. <clears throat> so it's like. I don't know. Like you can only do so much of right. what's been done, right? Until right. It's just exactly. Like, fuck. Like, um, what's that? What? They were good, but uh, Turnstile's newest record, I think, is really good because it, it 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 kind of it's almost like uh, okay, they sat down and listened to a lot of you know New York hardcore, but then they sat down and listened to a lot of Faith No More, and then they sat down mm. and listened to a lot, of, and they kind of you know there's like Snapcase elements in there that I really like and like. You know, I actually really like that record. It's listenable from start to finish, and I, and I don't want to sound like a f- old man, but I just I but think of are. how many records my ears have heard compared to like a twenty year old kid. Mm. You, you know what I mean? So all of us, our our musical palette, you know, the older you get, the more you've absorbed, the more you've heard, the more you've been exposed to, and it makes you harder to get excited about something new because you can find some kind of parallel to something you've heard before you know i think it's kind that, of hard to get past the, <laughs> the stuff that you liked when you were a kid and you say well no i was listening to this then you hear there's mm-hmm. so much of that like right this shit's not as mm-hmm. good as it was when then well mm-hmm. i mean a lot of it is but i think there's a nostalgia that's it's really mm-hmm. hard to get past when you're Right. You know, as you get older. Yeah. If I, mean, I if I would dig up like old Abortaside practice tapes, you know, when me and Juan were together in, in Abortaside, we we were doing uh, what is death what is called deathcore now, where it's like hardcore and death metal mixed together. Which I like. I think is a natural <sighs> I think it's a natural partnership to be it, honest it is, with you. It is, it isn't, but we were doing this stuff mid nineties and you know, twenty years later, people are like literally I hear a lot of these bands, I go, I was doing that back then. So. Yeah, but that would be like the people mining for gold with a pan and getting little nuggets. And then today, <laughs> like they have these machines that go right. into the mountain and, you know, they're really right. getting gold. Uh-huh. We're like, we did it. They're like, yeah. you didn't do shit. Dude. Right. Uh, and don't forget, you know, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, whatever it was, you didn't have fucking 75 categories of metal. Right. You right. just had mm-hmm. death metal and mm-hmm. heavy metal mm-hmm. or thrash metal. You know, and hair metal. It. Yeah. yeah. And hair metal. There was always hair metal. There was always hair metal. You know, now, I mean, Jesus Christ, they have 500 subcategories of just death metal. And if you if you put one element from one of these, one of the 75 into it, then automatically you're in that that, okay. that one. And it, it drives me insane. And how do you get out of it? That's right. the thing. And then when you try something new, then you're, you're ostracized for... You know, trying something new. Oh yeah. yeah, I've been down that path many times. I've been, yeah, I've been crucified by by many, but I get bored. So like, I mean, it's all under the kind of umbrella of my band. But yeah, we've, I I always viewed it like you know I'd 
if you listen to a Led Zeppelin record, holy fuck, you know? I mean, you know, they could throw 10 different flavors of rock at you all in one album and make it work. That's always been kind of my blueprint, like when I write music, of like, I just pay attention to the mood and the hook and everything else. And if it ends up being like a super abrasive, nasty song, cool. But I don't necessarily set out need to say that my band is that. You know what I mean? I, and it's always been kind of like, I guess, probably, you know, uh, a problem because a lot of people can't digest that or, you know, be along for the ride. And Do you think um, they can't digest it or because they can't easily classify yeah. it? It's that well, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, for them, yeah, yeah. And, and bands that are harder to classify, as, as we know, are, are tougher to find a, a wider audience. And, and just that, all those little sub-genres of metal now, it's like, oh, well, I don't like thrash metal. I only like, you know, this. I only, you so know what I mean? because of that, do you find it harder to book shows now? Like, because of like, I mean, well, you guys have a pretty big catalog at this point. Oh yeah. And so, it's and, varied as hell. Oh, so. oh yeah. So like we can play with kind of anybody at this point. Like we just <laughs> played with Jimmy's chicken shack, you know? <laughs> and like we put together the set that would appeal to a Jimmy's chicken shack audience. So you know what I mean? Do you find that nicer now that you have I that do, big catalog be, that you can pick and choose? And... When we got back together, it was, it was, uh, we had a bass player like kind of that was in our la the last five years of our band that before we retired and uh, um, he didn't want to learn any of the really old songs. He was like, I wasn't a part of it. I'm not emotionally attached to it. I want to write new stuff. <laughs> so we would literally go through things where we were only playing songs off of like that current record and the one before it, you know? And after a while, I kind of was like, no, we're going to, you're going to learn this song or like, but it was, it was, it was always kind of like a, it was a little bit of a battle. The, the interesting thing about when we got back together with this, Dickie being my drummer, he was in our band in 1989 or 1990 for like five years. And so he came from like our, before we got signed kind of era, but then he, was familiar with certain songs and he he was a fan of certain songs like through the catalog that he wasn't a part of so he had no problem learning those because he wanted to play them and our current bass player rob i've known since we were teenagers he was in like seminal punk bands like little gentlemen and he spent over a decade in mcrad and mcrad was part of the skate rock scene and chuck treese who's their singer guitarist was my drummer for almost two years back in the late 80s so I knew Rob really, really well, and he liked older songs that were in the catalog. So, like right now, we're playing a song called "Cracks in the Ceiling," which is from a 1988 demo tape. You know, that would have never happened in 2006 or 2007. That's at a great the tail song. End. I see you, you know, guys play that with Gang Green at the Silo. Right, exactly. So, so we, but I think it sounds better now than it ever has, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, so now we're able to play like a heavier show and say, okay, cool. We can put together a half hour, 40 minute set of this. That will be that. And, and it's kind of opened the door of, we get asked to play different types of shows and it's all our music, but we can just say, ah, yeah. And then we get to revisit some songs that, you know, maybe we don't play very often, you know, or like lately we have like, we have like four or five songs now that are over four minutes long. It's kind of crazy. What? Yeah. So uh, so we'll play like a stoner rock show or something, 
and we can play like four of those songs. Um, Pull out some stuff. And yeah, more y- yeah, that. that's cool. Yeah, and that kind of a thing. So that's been kind of refreshing. That's been that's been probably the most enjoyable part about playing again. Is a we have no agenda. It's it's like we're not chasing carrots or thinking we're gonna you know go on tour with someone or you know get a new record deal or you know anything like that. There's no just been that. Yeah, you know, been there, done that. Don't necessarily at my well, age, breakfast is getting delivered. Need to yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> now that's the peeps coming home. Uh, <laughs> they were at, they went out to see the new Lego movie. So. Uh, for more, uh, wow. They have the breakfast morning. Oh, look, nine a.m. screening. I, I got one quick one quick question, and, and I guess we can wrap this segment up. Um, Anthrophobia has been around what, 25, 30 years. Uh-huh. Um, what was the craziest show? Like the one that should Anthrophobia be on this bill? Like who was the most out of left field bandage you've ever played with? BB King. What? <laughs> University of Pennsylvania Spring Fling. It was, obviously, it was a very variety. You know, it was a variety of bands through the day. But <laughs> I didn't even know um, that. You can say how cool was that though? Playing with BBK. It was a couple hours before, but I was still there to see it. I mean, that was weird. I missed him then um, at River Days. Like, I would love to see. Yeah. Him. Uh, seen and then there's King. obviously the opposite of that is because of kind of the open mindedness needed, or the fact that we don't fit easily into a category. We have played, I don't know why we would do it either. I'd never do it again. But like we end up playing these fucking hardcore shows. Like hardcore kids that want to beat the fuck out of each other. They want breakdowns. And like, I don't think you can find one breakdown in any Anthrophobia song. So um, those never really went that well. Um, Either they were met with dead silence or people walking out or something like that. And it was always like on a tour or something. Um but it was interesting. Do you remember a band called Tree? They were from New England. They were, yeah. they were kind of a, a hardcore band. We played with them in Cleveland. It was just a tour stop. And um, Hans was in the band at the time. <laughs> and um, so we we played this, and it was one of those things. It was basically all hardcore bands, then us, then Tree. It, was, it made no sense. But Tree liked us. And, and Tree had been on something in New England or whatever. So they... Because they liked us and kind of like gravitated toward the front. And then Frank, the old bass player from Filter, he was at the show and he he liked us. So like he, so there was like certain, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but it was like one of those kinds of shows. And I was like, but the worst or the most interesting was probably, uh, if you listen to our album in the zero to three movement, right before the last song, Rub the Buddha, there's like this, uh, there's this little sound bite and it says you'll be happy to know this is our last song and there's like an eruption like in a, a stadium like like yeah you know, <sighs> yeah yeah and that was during the sabotage tour um because it was just sabotaging us so whatever venue would put on like first off sabotage played for like two hours and 15 minutes or something every night okay so there's really no need to put six or seven bands on before yeah. us you know so the best shows on that tour were markets we were either on the radio and people knew who we were. Uh, like Chicago went incredibly well. There's a certain markets on that that went really well. But we kind of had a chip on our shoulder every day because every other day was awful. And uh, we played in Cleveland. Once again, Cleveland. And um, we played this guy, this place called Peabody's Down Under. So Peabody's, this is a true story. And 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 Chris Caffrey can deny this all he wants or or actually embrace it i heard this story so uh we get to the club it's pouring down raining just pouring just 
just buckets of rain. We get in there, there's like four or five opening bands, but they're not advertised. There's like either buy-on bands, ticket bands, or whatever the hell they were. But a couple of them weren't. So there was like a Marilyn Manson kind of a band. There's like all these bands that don't fit on this show. We didn't fit on this show. Like we did not fit on that tour, but we had a song on the radio in a lot of major markets and they wanted their management and our record label were friends and whatever. So they thought that this, would so be that's it. how you got thrown on that. Bill. Yeah. That's how we got picked on that. So I had to do radio. I was the only guy doing radio cause sabotage wasn't on the radio in Chicago or Columbus or whatever, but we were, so I had to go on and thank them. Like, Oh, we want to thank them for our opp- this opportunity and this and that. They treated us like dog shit. So sabotage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jeff plate, the drummer, he was the only nice guy in the band. Um, he was in Metal Church when we all went up to see him up at the Sands. Yeah. All right, okay. And uh, that's when he saw a ghost. When they him. <laughs> I was like, hey. Well, um, but anyway, so Cleveland, it's pouring down raining. The bathroom's flooded. It was sold out. It was just crammed. It was miserable. It was, it was a weeknight. So Sabotage, by the time we went on, everyone thought Sabotage was going on. And here it is. One, we were the band that broke the camel's back. Like they're like, <laughs> it's you know stuffed in like sardines, and and they wanted to hear nothing. It, we could have been, we could have been goddamn Metallica or Anthrax up there, and they wouldn't have liked us because all at that point, it, just I don't fucking had enough. They had enough. Yeah. They wanted nothing, and we gave them nothing that they wanted to hear. Wow. And they were throwing pennies at us and everything. So. When we, you know, so we, uh, we said, yeah, you'll be happy to send us our last song. It literally was like probably one of the loudest applauses <laughs> that my band has ever gotten in, in the entire time I was a band was, was for that. That's fucking so, crazy. so we captured that Kodak moment, but then we go up into the dressing room and at that point we were kind of used to it cause it was like an every other day occurrence. I got, uh, my mouth spit in at one of the shows. I can't see anything oh. without my, without my glasses. I was like lean down near the barricade and some kid just left a greenie like right at me and I didn't see it coming, oh. but, uh, he got kicked out and, uh, yeah, they waited for us at our van afterwards. It was kind of funny, but, uh, but then other days were amazing. Like, like what the hell is this? You know? So, um, Anyway, the, the, the wrap-up of that Cleveland story was is we go up in our dressing room and uh, Sabotage goes on and we couldn't load out or leave until after they were done every night. So it was like fucking two hours and 15 minutes of the same fucking set, you know. And um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're, they're, they're at the bus. Um, and, uh, oh, I know. So the Marilyn Manson band or whatever that was on before us, the, the plug got pulled on them, right? And it was actually sabotage to pull the plug on him, oh my god right? so uh and i think it was chris cafferty um so that guy's a character but but anyway they're on their bus after the show all right and this band finds out that they, it was sabotage that pulled the plug so they're out there they're banging on the on the bus and they're like fuckers come you know like, so chris cafferty it comes to the window and he opens the window and says, Hey man, were you in that band? I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He goes, You guys were fucking great, man. I work A and R. And he goes, Do you guys got a CD, man? I'm gonna get you guys signed. And they're like, Oh, oh no, 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 but man, we can we, we can go get one. We have a demo and like we just recorded and it's not really mixed all the way. And he goes, Man, get it to me, man. I'm gonna get you guys signed. You guys are the best fucking band we've heard in your fucking years. And like and we're loading out. So we're like listening to all this, like right by, you know. Oh yeah. 
And like another guy in the band was like, I was going to kill him, man. I was a fucking, a fucking, a fucking midget motherfucker. So anyway, they, you know, sabotage gears getting loaded out in the trailer or whatever. So it's like, now we're getting kind of ready to go. And everyone's kind of getting ready to go. And uh, they give Chris Cafferty a CD. So uh, anyway, bus is pulling out. And he just takes it and he throws it out the window. And he's like, fuck you. And I'm, so just like dick. <laughs> but uh yeah. I mean, but Holy um shit. Yeah, I mean I, I have a lot of fond memories and like but the ones that stick out are the weird ones. Like yeah. like that. Like that's what we were we yeah, were hoping to I, get I, with today I, was like I, I the played, weird stories. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of shows, but like that that one that one was a doozy, you know? Wow. And then like the Divination Farewell show was a doozy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that hey, was because because Dicky had just had sinus surgery and we yes, shouldn't even yes, been playing that yes, show. I remember that. And um, yeah, now that's that's kind of our situation. Is is like now it's who in the band's having surgery? Like <laughs> Brent's had his knee replaced, and then he had a problem with that. Had to have surgery again, mm-hmm. and now he has to go under the knife again uh, first week of March. So we're not going to play in March and halfway through April. It's getting older. Shits for the birds. It, it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. is. Well, speaking of that, since the sun is officially up and we... My eyes burn. You know, we've had a few to drink and everything like that. I think we should wrap it up and then uh, come back to this a uh, few weeks and let yeah. you let you come up with some more of your... Uh, I'll have my people talk to your people. And get we'll, your diary we'll get, out. and we'll get this in the book. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a good starter for everyone. I mean, we do have a timeline we want to go through with you at some point. You know, kind of an agenda, but this was a good starter for everyone to introduce you and see why we wanted you... To have you on the show. Yeah, I'll bring pictures next time. <laughs> yes. Mostly of John from the ship while I was, I was sleeping. I was hoping yeah. it was going to be from yeah. the cruise. Yeah. Like uh, guy <laughs> dipping your balls on his nose yeah. while he's sleeping you know, and shit. <laughs> I just yeah. sleep with that CPAP machine last night. <laughs> it really stayed on this time. <laughs> you fucks. Having room service come in and wipe your ass for you. But, but in the meantime, I'm the one that was like going up to strangers last night going, excuse me, sir, would you like to be on our next question? Question. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't know how many times I got no, and I'm just like, man, is this really gonna work? And yeah, it was, it was, it was, it worked. Interesting. Though. I thought it was cool. At the end of the day, I, th- I think it all panned out. Yeah, we just gotta see what the powers that be, f- yeah, you know, feel how they feel about it. So, yeah. who, who's the band that didn't like it? Uh, <sighs> according to John, Catechism. Who the fuck are they? Nah. Fuck them. That's from what I was told last night that they, they were the ones that said, oh, this is dumb and. From, Do you think they got angry that you pronounced that catechism? No, I did that cataclysm? on purpose. Then. Oh, okay. I did that when I when I found that out. Did, that's, did you really? That's yeah. what I said. Because right. when yeah. when Neil was bringing it up, I'm like, either way, I'm like, if they said that to you know, and no, they uh, let it be. I was told. Well, I was told, and then I was like, that's it. The next question is going to be about them, and that's when I did the whole hype of the bands, and I made sure to say that as wrong as I possibly could. And I don't even understand it. Like, it's not like you're doing something while they're playing. Right, right. That's what was pissing me off. It's just a whole something fucking different. We're not used to it. Why are you doing that fucking bug? Being in the industry, Frank, is that something that would be odd for a band to experience? You know, like if you're going to play a show and you're on a tour and a package and you're part of that? I think it'd be fun. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would depend. I mean, I wasn't well, introducing put it, put it the band. This way. I know that kind of gets under under band skin. I, I right. That's that's always a little rough. But I wouldn't understand. I mean, it, it wasn't where it would come into play as far as something. It was if there's money exchanged that is taking money out of, like, say, merch of their money or or something. But no, I don't. 
I don't know. Because even remember, um, I did that one Christmas metal thing. Right, and you and, were throwing like gifts yeah, out, and yeah, we we got what I did was I called record companies and I got gifts, and like I remember Gordon when he was still at at uh, relapse, at relapse, he gave me a ton of stuff, and we wrapped them up like Christmas presents, and you know there was changeovers, you know, so that's how we entertained everybody, and um, and that's that's what we were going for is the the changeovers to yeah, because mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but me the changeover to show. And I'll go into my history here. Now that I don't smoke anymore and I don't go outside, standing there while they're playing something and you're you're trying to talk, half the time the music's so goddamn loud that you're screaming at the person next to you. So why not let's make this a little fun? Because what are you doing in that time? You're going, oh, yeah, I seen, you know, cruising at, at this place. It's, a, it's, it's a bar thing. pop. It's kind of, yeah. because, you know, if you notice, like the bar rings basically stop during the course of a band's set. So, you know... The whole, even like if you think back, like even like the cover band circuit, like why would they play, say, three sets? Well, it's because those little breaks were for the bar. Even if the band could play two hours straight, the the bar didn't want them to play two hours straight because they wanted that little reprise so people could go to the bar. Um, So like... Because the festival I was at yesterday, we had raffle items. You know what I mean? So oh, like that's in, cool. In between, we had all this. We had like close to fifty different raffles. You could, you know, and it was like two dollars a raffle ticket, three for five or ten for ten. So it was really cool. And then because there's volume, we text the winner. Like so, you know what I mean? Like oh, you won this skate deck, or you won this van's duffel bag, or you won this painting, or whatever. You know, and then they would go and claim their prize that's awesome but um it's coming up with those different ideas during those breaks that i think make things interesting so if a band like that just doesn't get it or or want to protest it in some way that's not taking money out of their pocket fuck them you know i mean really ultimately it's entertainment you're there to entertain people it's for escapism it's you know people's entertainment dollar it's you know I mean, they walk through that door and your band's playing. If it's nothing that's harming that band or distracting to them, they should just shut the fuck up, you know? Or fucking jump on it. Yeah. Hey, can or, we yeah. talk to Yeah, you? exactly. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. I, or I embrace would, it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I would have had no problem if, if you know, somebody would have came over and said, hey, you know, somebody from Soulfly wants to talk to you. Well, or Jesus Christ, dude, enemy. you said we were doing a podcast. Right. Like, I said hey, it 110 you times. Or, you know, mm-hmm. fuck's right. sake. Like, I mean, right. I had the digital recorder with and none of those guys mm-hmm. were, but, yeah. you know, whatever. You know, we. I'm hoping that we, I know for a fact that we did uh, get a few more listeners and, hey, that's all we were out to do. You know, maybe more people are going to come to Reverb because of, you know, Where is that? Where is that? I heard of that place. <laughs> Fourteen oh two North Ninth Street, Reading, Pennsylvania. Reading. Yes. Okay. Reading. Apparently. Reading. Oh, Reading. Yeah, Reading, okay. Pennsylvania. All right. So. Okay. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, we'll bring this. Uh, we'll bring Frank back again because this was a very fun, fun interview overnight. At you know what time? I don't know what time it is now. And so. next time, can we do it a little bit later? Yeah. I, I think my neurons will be snapping <laughs> together because all of us were at these long ass festival things yesterday and then you know 6 30 in the morning just because john's up at the crack at dawn before dawn every day thinks that don't say crack around john Uh, uh, bad memories yeah but yeah Uh, let let me sleep in a little bit more i'll be i'll be a little bit more entertaining next time all right well Well, thanks for having me yeah man thank you thank you for coming on out thanks Thanks,